Wait, wait, there's only three laps to go in the race, but look, there's Marcus Ericsson in a deck chair. <laughs> this was the craziest part of an IndyCar race at Long Beach. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. And we didn't even get to mention the gardening yet. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Dre Harrison. Welcome to episode 353 of Motorsport 101. Back at it once again in a new episode for you. And in part two of our quadruple header of Mad Weekend action, we're talking IndyCar as we headed back to Long Beach. It feels so soon after the 2021 season finale that we're back at Long Beach again in the middle of April to start a brand new season. And uh, whew, this was a wild one. I mean, it's, it's like we had shenanigans, but we also didn't have shenanigans at the same time. It was kind of weird, but it ended up being all right. I mean, King, what did you make of it all watching it at the end of your terrifyingly long day of motorsport watching? Uh, it seemed like it was going to be real predictable early on, and then things happened. <laughs> so like, yeah, like the first 30 laps of this race was a complete procession. And I was sitting there thinking, I was actually dozing off after about 20 laps of this race behind the microphone as we, we were watching it all on Discord. And I was just sitting there going, is anything going to happen here? And and thankfully I held out and things definitely happened afterwards. That is a promise. Isn't that right, RJ O'Connell? Well, if you needed a quick pick-me-up, uh, they had some historic uh, sports cars at Long Beach this weekend, including mm. uh, Mazda 787B, which was the, oh. the, 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 the bell of the ball, uh, shall we say. Uh, but yeah, slow burner of a race turned out interesting. Very much so. Very much so. A couple of real flashpoints in high drama um, and some genuinely really funny moments that literally probably couldn't have happened in any other place than IndyCar. And that's kind of why we love it so much. But uh, yeah, spoiler alert, folks. Joseph Newgarden is really, really, really good at race cars. I know this may sound like deja vu after what happened in Texas, but um, yeah, Joseph is uh, hammering people. But this time, surviving, I guess, was more the name of the game this time around, given he had an angry group of cars around him trying to beat him that didn't quite materialize. We'll get into some of that. There'll be questions asked about Colton Herter because he had a genuine shot to win this race. He let, he, he led us off from pole, lost out in the pits, and then put it in the wall. A, a, a semi-familiar tale now for Colton. Second time in half a season he's done something like that. Uh, we'll be talking about Colton's uh, discipline uh, as we get into later into the show. And we'll be talking a bit of Rogue Row, because who doesn't love a bit of Rogue Row? And we had a lot of that in the race as well. Alternate strategy, sticker reds against Joseph defending like his life depended on it. That was fun. So we'll get into Grosjean and maybe have a look at some of his title chances as well. And we've got to talk some of the comedy. More on that at the end of the show. Trust me, uh, it'll be well worth the wait. But in the meantime, before we get into that, please, you can find us real quick. We're, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. If you want to watch some of our video highlights and bonus content on there, we've got facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter, a motorsport underscore 
101 uh, handles. If you want to follow us on personally on Twitter at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, and at RJ O'Connell. Um, our website, motorsport101.com, including the blog section, if you haven't seen that already, with all bonus content from me, thoughts on all the weekend's action. Literally all of it. It was a, it was it was a it was a, a hard weekend of riding, but we got there. Uh, and our Patreon information is on there as well. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport one one. If you want to check that out and maybe back us financially on there, if you like what you're hearing, check that out if you haven't already. Right. Without further ado, let's get into the IndyCar Grand Prix of Long Beach. So, Martin Henderson of the Los Angeles Times. Uh, came up to Joseph Newgarden uh, on Saturday after qualifying and asked him, Joseph, how long do you think it's going to be until Colton Herta checks out in the race tomorrow? And Joseph, much like Michael Jordan, took that personally. Uh, (laughs) Joseph Newgarden won at Long Beach for the first time in his career, holding off Roman Grosjean, holding off the reigning champion Alex Pillow, uh, both of them put Newgarden of Hendersonville, Tennessee, part of the Nashville Metro, under a ton of picture pressure on pit exits, and Grosjean had the advantage of running sticker red soft compound tires at the end of the race. Uh, that was fun. Where So Joseph Newgarden now has 22 O-man IndyCar wins. He's now tied Emerson Fittipaldi, which is why Joseph Newgarden has tied Emerson Fittipaldi on a wins list. That's crazy. Where do you think? I did not know. Where does this stack up on the on the list of wins for (laughs) y'all? That's good, right? This I had it down as a right one one of the most intense wins I would say of Joseph's career, and like he had the house thrown at him this weekend. The entire bathroom, the kitchen sink, the bath, you name it. Like he had everything. It's like a it was like a boss rush. Like of, of like what do you not want to encounter to win an indie car race? Colton Herter in front of you, who we all know is one of the fastest men in this series, has got breakneck speed when he wants to. Then you've got Alex Pillow behind you on hot tires, who He's just so he's a magician, Alex Polo, at this point. Like he's just so good at making something out of nothing. He's an alchemist. I don't know how he does it sometimes. But again, he made his undercut work beautifully. Again, all over the back of New Garden for a good chunk of that race. And then just when you think you're in the clear, here's Romain Grosjean on sticker reds. I'm just like, come on. <laughs> It's like a Dark Souls boss. When you think you've beaten the second phase, a third one comes out. It's like, oh, come on now. Why is that health bar refilling again? Uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It was it was every difficult thing you would expect to win a race in IndyCar all at once. And New Garden didn't, didn't, didn't give them an inch. It was a superb win. I thought it might have been the best drive of, of Joseph's career. which And he's had a fair few brilliant drives. Until King reminded me of something in the set notes, set listeners. Isn't that right, King? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, this is the most, uh, you know, in- intense New Garden win without s- remembering, well, just the last race where he won on the run to the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did well, happen. But that, that did happen. Yeah, he did 
steal a win off Scott McLaughlin with 400 yards to go to the finish line. Yeah, that, that did happen. Um, my bad. Um, <laughs> if you really wanted to throw it back, you could uh, remember the time where he won in Iowa by almost a lap at Ed Carpenter Racing with a broken collarbone. <laughs> with a broken freaking collarbone. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> Yeah, this is very much true. Like, you forget. Like, honestly, in, in IndyCar, with the way the series is right now, where it's so competitive and there is literally, like, 12 different dudes who can win a race every weekend, which is great. Love that about IndyCar. More, first and foremost, suck it, MotoGP fans. More on that next episode. Um, look, like, as fun as it is, like, sometimes you forget just how damn good Joseph Newgarden is at this one. And when he's fully dialed in, he's virtually unstoppable. And this was one of those occasions where it was just, I think it was that miss. I think as hard as did that misinterpreted interview where he, where he talks to that to journalist. And I think he went to bed that night saying, I am not going to let this kid check out because <laughs> that's how he took it. He took it like, well, how long before Colton beats the brakes off you basically? And, and Joseph went to bed and I said, I'm not letting this kid beat me. Basically is what he, is what he went to bed thinking. And yeah, it worked. Man, man, man had his spinach. Um, it was, it was incredible. I mean, RJ, you're the Tennessee man. What, what did you make of it all? Oh, just, it took a while for this race to get going. As I, as I mentioned, cause Colton Herta was just unassailable at the front. And then he got jumped in the first cycle of pit stops. And I'm thinking, oh, hang on a second. This isn't going according to script. And then Colton Herta wrecks out of the race. And it's basically Newgarden. And while that's going on, Newgarden and Polo. Newgarden's trying to race Polo coming out of the pits. And mm. little did we know at the time that that was effectively going to decide the race. And then all of a sudden, here's Romain Grosjean entering the picture on soft tires. Both Newgarden and Grosjean have spent all of their push to pass. And you're thinking, who's going to come out on this? Who's going to do it? But Joseph Newgarden, my God. Last year, it wasn't like he fell off. He was just immensely unlucky for a good stretch of the season until he won at mid-Ohio. He Ended up finishing second in the championship. Uh, he's dialed in. I don't know if I'm ready to change my pick for the Astor Cup just yet. But what I will say in terms of the Indianapolis 500 is that this is a driver that looks like he's going to win his first Borg Warner trophy in a little over a month. He's that mm. dialed in. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, two things that it, it's, it's, I've barely realized until thinking about it now sitting on this recording chair. One, Penske's won all three rounds so far this season. That they have. It doesn't sweep the it, season, baby. It, it doesn't feel like they have, but they've won all three rounds to start the year. Uh, and on top of that, New Garden is now two thirds of the way for a million bucks because he's won an oval and he's now won on a road, on a street circuit. If he wins at a road course, he and his team split a million bucks between them and charity. Like I'm just sitting there going, um, that that that's interesting. And uh, King, where are we racing again in IndyCar in three weeks' time? Uh, his former home race, my former home race too, <laughs> Barbara Motorsports Park in Alabama. And uh, fun fact for those at home who may not know, 
Um, Joseph's won there three times before, and no one in the field has won at Barber more than him. I saw um, the first one in person, baby. Yeah, um, jo- Joseph might, might be, like Joseph's got a lot on his plate right now, where he's he's now leading the IndyCar Championship. He might be a, a good half million richer in three weeks' time, and he's, and he's a, a decent chance. Yeah, and there's a good chance he's going to be a dad by then. Fingers crossed. I know actually he's ready to go. Apparently, uh, uh, <laughs> and by by, I think the test next week. I think is the due date according to what Joseph said in the media. So fingers crossed for Joseph and Ash and the family. Um, lot going on in the new garden house, and by the sounds of it, all of it good. Hopefully, uh, a lot going on there now. The other side of the coin, Colton Herter. We gotta have a conversation about Colton Herter. Is it time to have a dialogue about Colton Herta and his long, beautiful hair? I know, I know. The hair is beautiful, but we have to talk about him, RJ. Uh yeah, he he came into the race as defending winner from last year. He he came from 14th on the on the grid to win last year. He led 28 laps in this year's race as well. He he, he lost out in the pits to the undercutting Polo and then the overcutting Newgarden. Um and with 30 laps to go, as as RJ alluded to, with, with Newgarden and Polo scrapping, Herder locks up at, at the back straight in the turn nine and then bangs it into the wall, race over, DNF for Colton Herter. It, it, it was, I think I'm right in saying, RJ, given it was your home round last year, it was pretty much a carbon copy of Nashville last year, where he's, he's just overcooked yeah. it and he's... Yeah, Nashville played out a lot of the same way. Herta leads the race early, just hand over fist. Then he loses the lead Erickson on pit cycles. He's chasing down the leader and then he wrecks on his own late in the race when he could have at least bagged a podium. And it's the same thing here at Long Beach. I, w- I was amazed at this. I-, I had a feeling he was going to pull out the win eventually. I had no idea he was just going to chuck it in the barrier on his own. I'm not giving up my prediction that Colton Hurd is going to win the championship, but bruh. Bruh, it's, this, you can't do that. It's it's yeah. funny as well because the, the, the internet spared no mercy on Colton after this one because this was the same week he was doing a lot of press. He talked about the McLaren seat potentially in the future. Yeah, McLaren development t- driver Colton Herta. <laughs> yep. McLaren development driver Colton Herta, I should say. Yes. And he made a little jab, something along the lines of, you know, he kind of hopes a little bit that Lando continues to beat Daniel Ricciardo's ass so he might get a shot at the seat in 2024. Um the internet and its hive of Daniel Ricardo fans did not take kindly to that comment. Um, so, of course, when Colton puts it in the wall two days later, uh, the memes ensued, um, and uh, the, the internet was not kind to our long-haired son, Colton. Um, is it fair to 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 have a to have a critical look at Colton and these sorts of this is the second time this has happened in more or less six months. You so know, I had know. a I had a terrifying shower thought that I realized because mm. Colton Herta is still very, very much a young driver. He is pound for pound the quickest driver on the grid. He's also mistake prone. And he has a Formula One drive. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Does that not sound like 
Paul Tracy circa 1994. Top team, mm-hmm. quick driver, has an F1 link. Because remember, Paul Tracy was tested for Benetton back in 94. And probably could have mm-hmm. gotten that seat if he was not, you know, huge. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, man, that was just, that was brutal. Oh, yeah. boy. It 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 was brutal, and it's, and it's it one didn't of those... mince words. He he said it was he owned up to it. He said it was his mistake. Uh, he just overcooked it. The car was quick. He didn't understand how he got jumped, but he just made a mistake and threw his race in the wall. I hate yeah. That. Um, Joseph Newgarden now outpoints Colton Herter in the championship two to one. He's exactly half way to Newgarden's count. He's got 59 points. Newgarden's got 118. Um, so Colton's already a race back from Newgarden in the title race. Um, and I know RJ's made the pick of Colton winning the Aston Cup. I was very tempted to do the same. I think, I think, I think, I think I did, actually, funnily enough. <laughs> if we want if we want to overreact to something, he's behind uh, He's behind Pato Award in the points, and Pato looks scuffed for the first two rounds. Yeah, yeah, behind Graham as well. And there's some good names in front of him, but names you wouldn't expect to see. One I'll get to in a, later on in the show as well. I mean, me personally, this is such a ruthless series at this point. You know, it's consistency is the most important weapon you could possibly have. You can't afford days like this on a semi, even a semi-regular basis, because you will be punished. There is no doubt about it. And, like, New Garden is looking really, really fast right now. McLaughlin's had a fantastic start. Polo is still doing Polo things. Like, he's not finished a race lower than seventh. Will Powers finished in the top four in all three rounds so far. No real big, big result, but he's finished third, fourth, and fourth. Dixon's still around. Like, these are all very, very good drivers, proven resumes, apart from McLaughlin, of course, but McLaughlin's clearly taken a step forward this year. Bit of a scrappy Long Beach, but still, overall, these are some incredible names he's competing with. You can't afford days like this, because again, you'll be punished, and... oh. Like, the kid's got all the talent in the world, but, I mean, King, do you reckon he could have, he could have played the percentages on this one a little bit? Because it feels like, like, was it worth it pushing that hard for maybe second place, especially given how hard it is to pass around here? Uh, I, I don't think it was worth it. Like, in terms of, well, looking at the long-term championship, because... If you circle back to last year, 2021, he was the only driver to finish in the top five with more than two DNFs. He had four year before that. uh, He was the only driver in the top four who even had a DNF. Uh, Mm. Not being able to finish an IndyCar race is probably going to do way more damage than just sitting in your position and, you know, coming home second or third. Like, there's only one race on the entire schedule that you should risk it all just to get a win, and Long Beach is not that race. Yeah. It's a certain oval that may or may not carry a big old check and double points. Just just throwing that one out there. Um, yeah, this is going to be a problem. I mean, look, the blessing for her to hear is that there are a fair few guys above him in this championship that have also 
had a bad day. The problem is Colton's had two of them because he was nowhere in Texas. He was 12th on that day. And, like, Herter is a better oval driver than that, I would say. So, you know, a part of that, I think... Come to Barber in a few weeks' time, uh, mm. just dominate from pole position. And we could forget about the, this whole conversation even happened because he's back at the third of the points race. And that's oh, but he would the still point. be he would still be behind the people who finished this race, though. Yeah, he's a whole race back, RJ. Like he's 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 fifty nine points behind Newgarden. Like a perfect weekend gets you fifty five in IndyCar. So and like, it gets you fifty five, and everyone else is guaranteed five for just starting. Yeah. So you know, you, you show up, you get five points. Hey, you know, put it put him in your back pocket, you know, etc. So I'm just saying, it's he's not out of the realm of possibility. He could just turn this all around immediately, and we could just be like, we don't need to have a conversation about Colton Hurt anymore. He's fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your wishful thinking more than anything else, RJ? <laughs> I, I don't think that's so much wishful thinking as much as it's just like he's got that kind of talent. He oh, just yeah. needs to keep it on the road. The car's quick enough. It's like, again, like I said at the start, he hasn't for the past two years. Oh yeah, he has. He has championship level speed. Like I, I agree with RJ that when he is dialed in, he is the fastest man in this series, bar none. He reminds me a lot of Mark Marquez in MotoGP, like where he has a seventh gear that sometimes no one else in this field has. I'm just, I still watch Nashville's qualifying last year in shock at where he was getting some of this speed from. Like, when he's on it, he's untouchable. And like with Marquez, to a degree, if he turned the notch down from 11 to 9, he'd probably still win a lot of Grand Prix, and he'd probably still... There's a better chance of him not having those DNFs next to his name, you yeah. know, more more than anything else, and that is far more important than the difference between first and third. Like, you know, having those extra points is far more important than going all out for the win. Let's not forget, Alex Pillow won this championship last year, winning how many races, folks? Three, three out of eighteen. You don't need to go all out for the win to win the series in IndyCar. You just don't. Like, no one won more than three rounds last year. Like, they're great if you win them, of course. If the opportunity's there, go for it. But you don't have to do like a Simon Pagenaud and win six or seven of these to win the Aster Cup. You can win a title on three wins if you know what you're doing. You yeah. know, so play the percentages, Colton. You're more than talented enough to make up the shortcomings, right? But that was not one worth fighting for as far as I'm concerned. That was... That was New Garden or Pelot's day. Or, if we're making the reference here, a new challenger approached, and it was Romain Grosjean. And yeah. Grosjean had a fascinating race. He, he went on the alternate strategy, put on a pair of reds at the end of the race, tried his damnest to get past Joseph Newgarden in the closing stages of the race. We had a 10-lap sprint. It was reduced to a three-lap sprint at the end of the race um, to try and get past Newgarden for the win. Grosjean couldn't quite do it. And he talked about it after the race as well, that he's had to change his approach a little bit. He said, quote, um, with auto sports, he said, I think last year, every street course, apart from St. Pete, I qualified in the fast six, so we were always very fast. 
We didn't always get the best strategy call or luck last year in the street courses, but this year, definitely, I know I have to drive it a little bit differently. I'm trying to go for the championship, and I cannot just go flat out all the time. Like in St. Pete, in the race, I was struggling a little bit with my front end, so I kind of took it carefully. Today here, I knew I wanted to go long on the first stint, so I was driving around that, but then the car was good and gave me confidence. You go on to finish the race in second. It's the third time he's finished in second since joining IndyCar at the top of last year. Another very, very impressive Grosjean. And Dreading Autosports first podium, too. Wow. That that kind of says it all, really, doesn't it? My God. Um, his first podium in a year. I mean, let's have a little chat about Grosjean and how he's getting it together in IndyCar here. I mean... Gentlemen, do you think he has all the elements to get into this title fight? Because, I mean, right now, he's sixth in the championship. He is 43 points off New Gone at the moment. Can he get into this race? Maybe even as Andretti's frontrunner on the flip side of Colton? How about that for a, for a, for a, for a segue? <laughs> I want to see how he fares at the Indianapolis 500. Because we don't really have a sample size of Roman Grosjean on ovals. He did reasonably well at Gateway last year. He made some moves. He didn't get the result that he wanted, but it was still good showing. Uh, And then at Texas, his car just completely broke down on him. Uh, If he comes through the Indianapolis weekend with a good result, because I think he's like dead on favorite to win uh, the the Indianapolis Grand Prix at the start of the month of May. Um, If he if he does well at the 500. I think we're ready to have that conversation. He doesn't even have to win it. He just has to place like top 10 because we know Andretti Autosport uh, has historically built amazing cars for the 500. They've been very good at this. At times, even when they weren't good at anything else, they could build a car that was good at the 500. Maybe not so much the case in recent years, but you know, historically that's in his back. It's in his back pocket that he could lean on. Like, honestly, he doesn't even have to do well at the 500. If he could just finish in, say, the first three rows, get a top 15 finish, Mm. he's pretty much a walking top five in all the street and road courses. He maybe just wins one or two races, he'll win the championship. Wow. And it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. King King, are you saying for the record that you are that you are now going with Romain Grosjean as your pick to win the Astor Astor Cup? Oh, I'm not that confident. I I'd have to see after May. It depends on how mm. well the Penskis are doing. But I yeah. think Romain Grosjean's the number one threat to win the championship outside of Team Penske. Wow. Hmm. And, and and you're adamant you think that Grosjean is effectively the leader of this team going forward. Yes, because he's, he's going to be the person to essentially consistently do well on a week-in, week-out basis. That he, it, will, he will get you a top 10 finish, do or die. I, I'm, I'm shocked that you weren't out here going to bat for your boy Devlin. <laughs> I know it's not going to be him and uh, unfortunately Alexander Rossi coming back to Southern California was not the cure for his cartoon anvil woes and we've already had a dialogue about Colt Herta. but yeah I can see it like it I I don't know where, where it's to the point where 
for the last two seasons, we were talking about how poorly Entretti were doing, and we sort of assumed, oh, it's probably like a crew or engineering issue, but Grosjean shows up and he gets two top five finishes in his first three races. It's funny, because I saw King mention this in the set notes before we started recording the show, and it's like, I I raised an eyebrow when he wrote that, yeah, Grosjean's the lead driver, because obviously this it's been such a Colton Herter-dominated experience for the last two seasons now and change. But the more you think about it, and the more you look at it, and the more you go, they take even the twenty eight car. That, that like that's the car you recognize. That's the big shiny DHL car. You know, that's it's the twenty eight car. That's the one they couldn't get Ryan Hunter Ray out of for trying. Right, and then you forget he was fifth in Long Beach, very quiet, but it was a solid fifth. And then now the second at Long Beach. You know, he was unlucky in Texas because his, his car died on him. Um, so maybe that probably poured some cold water on the whole thing. Because the, the problem I have with Grosjean is that the sample size on ovals is still really, really small. He's only done two of them, um, and one of them was a mechanical DNF that wasn't him, and he qualified middle of the pack in 15th. Like, you know, we don't know what his oval pace is truly like yet. And but again, walking, like, yeah. qualifying midfield on an oval is fine, considering there That's are fine. only four oval races, and right. uh, he wasn't he wasn't absurdly far off his teammates. No, no, not not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, <laughs> like it's the. I hate to admit it that the king might be onto something. The more you think about it, the more this makes sense. That hey, maybe Grosjean is actually the spiritual leader of this team going forward. Because yeah. The floor might not be as high as Colton, or the, the, the ceiling might not be as high as Colton, but the floor, I think, could be higher than Colton going forward. And I, I know which one I would rather have if I was trying to win an IndyCar championship. That's that's fair to say. I still have my, my skepticism, mostly because of the Andretti camp in general, but again, King's gone out for it, and it's the fact that, yeah, like, He's been the best of them so far, and he's made them better so far. Like this is, this is fine. This is all going well for look. The win is coming. Like he is superb on street and road courses. He's brung all of that F one talent over. There is no doubt about that. That like it is coming. He's banging on the door. And as RJ alluded to, we got the Indy road course in two rounds time in the month of May. He's probably favorite for that race. And I'd say the the one thing that I'm worried about that is most likely the biggest threat to his championship. Like I said, with him I see him as the biggest threat to the championship outside of Penske. We're going to need some of IndyCar's recent year chaos happening if if Penske collect a majority of the race wins this season. There's not going to be enough drivers taking points off each other for Grosjean for like, again, Mm. for every point to matter and for you to do consistently well to matter. If, if we end up in a, say a formula one style scenario where you're going to have to start racking up race wins because power McLaughlin and, and new garden are taking all the wins home with them. No one's going to be able to stop Henske. That's very true. Like it's, 
it's got the makings of like it's 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 still very close at the top right now, but it's hard not to deny that. Look, Penske are first, second, and fourth in this championship right now. There is no getting around this, and they all three of their drivers have a, you know, at least one podium finish, and Powell's not dropped out of the top four all season. It feels like a Penske dominant season where they're just like, like it's like those seasons where they, they win ten races and you don't even notice they've won ten races. It's like, oh shit! Like they they won <laughs> two thirds of the rounds this year and no one even cared. It's just like, oh okay, this just happened. Um, and yeah, like that could be a problem certainly going. That's forward. the it's Penske like, we're used to. I, I tell you what, they're yeah. they're not they're not sweating last row qualifying at Indy this year. There ain't no way. Are we sure? Chevy. Chevy brought in people it seems like the motor's working better i would be shocked if that if willpower has to finish out a run hitting the wall just to get in the race again yeah i i i hope like a part of me for power's sake hopes that's not the case i mean look low-key we might not even have a bump day at the 500 as it is as it stands i mean there's a lot of rumblings about hey we might only have an exact 33 on the grid for the that's fine you know that's That's fine fine. 33 33 i mean yeah yeah, it sucks we don't get a last row qualifier if it does turn out like that but still still it's something yeah like uh, that's the big question mark for me has penske fixed their shit on ovals if they have um everybody's in trouble big um because yeah uh that's been the achilles heel for penske for the last couple of years at the 500 and if they've got that down pat, then uh, we're all in trouble. But uh, yeah, the, the, the more you think about it, the better Grosjean looks. And I just can't yeah. believe we've talked ourselves into taking the top talking point of experienced Formula One driver is is uh, superior to IndyCar field. But here we are. Uh, uh, only on, only the hottest of takes on Motorsport 101, where the former F1 guy that we all thought was criminally underrated in his time in F1 turns out to be really good in another single seat series. Who the thought? Eh? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, this race gave us meme fodder. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so Simon Pagano and Takuma Sato are battling through the fountain section. Uh, <laughs> they hit. Pagano goes spinning up onto the flower bed at the aquarium fountain, which, number one, that's the second time that's happened to a Meyer Shank car in like the last handful of years. Because I think that happened to Jack Harvey. And also, someone in one of the Porsche Carrera Cup races earlier that weekend got parked up on the flower bed, too. I was just like, how does this keep happening? Then, later on in the race, you want to talk about people that had a heartbreaking outcome. Mark Saracen could have easily come away with a podium out of this. But after a restart, he smacks the wall coming out of four. As he's trying to get off this car off the road, he blocks Scott Ditson's way off the track. <laughs> I was just like, oh no! <laughs> but the funniest thing is that after that restart, you see like a field of cars going through. I think they're following like Newgarden, Pelot, and Grosjean racing through turn five. Mm-hmm. And then the camera just pans. And you got Marcus Erickson standing by his broken down, beat up car, and he's just got his arms folded like, damn, that could have been me. So, fellas, what was funnier to you? Uh, 
Marcus Erickson becoming a meme again, or Simon Paginode parking up in the fountain? <laughs> oh, Lord. First answer, yes. Um, <laughs> right answer. Second, um, there's there's room for the funny in both of these. I mean, look, that's one of the like Simon Pagano putting it in the grass there. Like, like it's like again, it was the sudden shock of seeing the caution graphic come up and then see how the hell did Pagano's car end up there? And it's like, like not only in the flower bed but backwards. It's like it was just like how Oof, he tried to get it turned around and then he stopped. And then that checked up Renus VK, who then got chucked up into by Scott McLaughlin. By the way, Scott McLaughlin had a terrible Long Beach Grand Prix. He was involved mm. in multiple incidents. Oof, what a guy. Uh, pff, that camera pan on Marcus Erickson is just genius camera operating right now. Whoever was the camera operator on that deserves a raise. Like, like, like have, have your people talk to their people, because that was quality. It was wonderful content the funniest thing i've seen probably in motorsport so far this year and, and it, it, it was like something out of it's always sunny in philadelphia you just get the you get the jingle and it's just like you sweep the camera and then there's marcus just standing there literally feet from the track arms up thinking what just happened <laughs> it was really funny and a big shout out to brendan who, who from from team i5g who went semi-viral for getting the rip of that and getting it on social media real quick. If you haven't subscribed to his, to the YouTube channel, please do so, because Arca Break Weekly is bloody hilarious. Great show. We love Arca um, Break Weekly here on Motorsport 101. We love it. Well, um, yeah, Go check it out if you haven't It's already. appointment television for us every time they upload every Thursday. Yes, it is indeed. Yes. It's great stuff. Well, <laughs> yes, you can right. go watch the IndyCar Clash of the Coliseum episode to see me get thrown into a catch. But <laughs> <laughs> Look! How could you not want to watch that after that sentence? I mean, look, <laughs> if that isn't worth the price of admission, I don't know what is, quite frankly. That was hilarious. Um, hilarious. Like, check that out if you haven't already. Find it on on social media. It's it's well worth a, it's well worth the funny. It is it is an excellent moment. On the subject of YouTubers in Long Beach, did you hear that Cletus McFarland? Uh, su- Cletus McFarland, like. Uh, cars youtube guy uh, mm-hmm. he was in the stadium super truck race and he nearly won it and then he choked at the last jump and afterwards he gets out of his truck and is just like laying on the start finish line in agony <laughs> amazing content all around like the only thing funnier than any of those three moments was devlin d francesco's championship position uh, <laughs> that's truly where the funny is here Boy. By the way, in case you haven't seen it at home, his three results so far this season, 22nd, 24th, and 25th. And they dropped Kyle Kirkwood for that, man. Oh, they let, boy. They let uh, Kyle Kirkwood walk to AJ Foyt Racing, and Kyle Kirkwood is ahead of him. And he finished 10th on Kirkwood the Kirkwood ahead of him. All of the other Foyt drivers. Well, all the other Foyt drivers are ahead of him. Technically, Tatiana Calderon is tied with Francesco on points, but DeFrancesco has participated in all three races, while Calderon has only done two races. And yeah. like we stated earlier, in IndyCar, you get five points for just showing up. So if Calderon even just showed up at Texas, she would be ahead of him. 
Yep. Just, 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 just get get to the track and park the car after one lap. Just, just, yeah, there you go. There's five free <laughs> points for you. But yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come back. You finished sixteen. Starting park. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. But that's happened the same weekend. The Devlin put it in the wall. Same weekend, Carl Kirkwood, the man they dropped, who was a part of the Andretti family. Uh, he finished tenth in a fight. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about the current situation. I don't know what is. Let's get the hell up out of here. <laughs> uh, obviously, you can find us real quick. Uh, but before we go as well, IndyCar back. Three weeks' time. Barber, May 1st. Joseph Newgarden's first crack at a million bucks. Uh, go check it out. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got plenty more of those over the course of the season because he's, he's the only guy over two, two rungs on the ladder right now. So that's going to be fun. IndyCar's own triple crown, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, places you can find us real quick. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Twitter and Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles at Harrison101HD at RJ O'Connell um, and at Ryan Eric King as well. Our website for even more thoughts on Long Beach um, at Motorsport101.com. Blog section if you want to read more on that. And of course, our Patreon is on there as well. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Two down, two to go. Next up, MotoGP at the Circuit of the Americas, where Ducati won their first Grand Prix on American soil for 15 years, and no one cared. <laughs> oh, man, oh. I can't believe some dude passed 15 bikes and didn't win. Yeah, uh, only in the world of Mark Marquez. More on that next time round. But until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Ryan Eric King and RJ O'Connell. Until then, sayonara. See you in wine country, y'all. <laughs> Bye.